No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Today we got the one and only Pac-Man, the gunman in the building. How you doing, G? Solid, bro. How you feeling? Excellent. That's right. Life is good. And we, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. As long as I see you, huh? Yeah. Good. Hey, man. We're living good. Fucking. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, looking forward to getting this interview for, for a while now. I've got a bunch of mutual friends. Uh, AD's lazy ass wasn't able to clear time in the schedule to come <laughs> hang out with us today. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Stoked to have you on here. Um, tell me a little bit about exactly where you grew up and what your upbringing was like. I grew up in the Crenshaw district, mm -hmm. uh, specifically on 8th Ave and 63rd. Right. In between Florence and Slauson. You know what I'm saying? Um, pretty much my whole life right there. You know, I grew up in the hood, and you know, it's just like every other ghetto. You know what I'm saying? It's all the same. Right. Yeah. But so uh, you grew up with both parents or you nah, have siblings? Um, yeah, I got. I had two sisters growing up, and um, me, me, my mom, my two sisters. And then later on, I had a little brother. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So pretty much grew up in house with all women. Right. Yeah. You think that that uh, shaped who you are as a person? Um, shit. It was a balance because I used the hood as a father. You mm. know what I'm saying? Then I really had a mother. So it pretty much worked out. You know, moms went into the streets and she really wasn't going for that type of shit. So, really? You know what I'm saying? I snuck out every chance I get to explore. You know what I'm saying? Do you think your mom was sort of naive to what was going on in the streets or did she know and she just wanted to keep you away from it? Nah, she she was naive to it. She knew what was going on, and, and she tried her best to keep me away. But at the same time, she got to go work and mm. make sure the bills get paid. We got food. Make sure we got a roof over our head. And, and during them times, that's when I'm able to explore, go outside, sneak out, and shit like that. Do you think that you just had it in you that you were fascinated by that kind of stuff from the beginning? Because like yeah. I, I talked to my parents, they tell me that I was always like really attracted to the bad guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a bad sign. I think if your kid is into that kind of shit, then he's the type that's gonna want to go explore, like you're talking about. Yeah, most definitely. Because you know, I gotta walk home from school. I gotta walk to school, and I see this shit from morning to the evening. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm be, I'm be with them, them the Crips. You know what I'm saying? Like, so nice. This how I felt. You know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah. so that 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 was the only thing you were exposed to. You didn't have like blood shit going on in your neighborhood or whatever. So it was obvious to you that you were. If you yeah. were gonna sign up, you were gonna be with the Crips. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I ain't know nothing else. I, I ain't. I, I mean, I just hear about it, but I ain't see it. I just know about the roller sixties. You know right. what I'm saying? As I got older, and but this was elementary when, when I was speaking on this because that's that was in my environment. When you're first getting exposed yeah. to it, yeah. But then you know, as you grow more, then you know about the other side and the other colors and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay, you're like in elementary school, but did you ever, were you ever like taken to school or was school always just sort of like an afterthought, something that you didn't really want anything to do with? I mean, uh, school was cool. School, that's where all the girls was at. That's mm -hmm. where you got to get your girls from, go to school, get your girls, you know, make some money, shoot dice. And then I'm talking about at the age of, you know, now we're in middle school, Horseman, Crenshaw, high school and all that shit. Yeah, nigga wanted to go to school. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, when you look back at those times, though, like, what what was the thing that led you to be so attracted to the gang lifestyle? Was it the fact that, like, you just feel like you're not really, like, with anyone? Like, it's, it's, it's sort of dangerous in that environment to be, like, on your own. Did you see it as a way of, like, self-preservation, or was it just something you were interested in? How did that work? It kind of just grew naturally. You know how it ain't really no introduction in a friendship. You don't, you don't walk up to be like, yeah, I'm Pac-Man, I'm with the Womp, hey, let's be friends. Mm. It kind of just, you know, happened that way. You know what I'm saying? It really wasn't no introduction. Right. That's what I grew up on. Did you start to, like, once you sort of got more familiar with that, did you start getting into 
uh, more and more wild ass shit? Like, was it expected of you that you were gonna be, um, you know, really doing shit? Man, just just staying down. You know what I'm saying? Through all the obstacles, all you gotta do is stand down. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't do no busting shit. You gotta be straight. Mm. I feel it. So was was BH one of the first connections that you had to the music industry or to, to that kind of thing? Like, how'd you meet him? Uh, BH, he from the hood too. He stayed around the corner from me. Right. I was on 63rd. He was on 60th, and we we, we went to Crenshaw together. Uh huh. We seen each other. You know what I'm saying? We knew each other as kids. Man, um, he was rapping and whatnot. And cousin invited me to the studio one day. He like, let's go do a song. Whoa, whoa. But I'm like, nah. You know, I'm hustling. Right. I ain't trying to do no music or whatnot, but um, he, he talked me into going to a studio at his house. He had a setup in his room, and um, we did a little freestyle. He played the shit back, and I heard my voice. And I'm like, that shit hard. Right. And, and so the next day, I went to the guitar center, bought all the cheapest shit that they had, like the cheapest Airbox, cheap Pro Tools, and all that shit. Right. And at the time, I was recording off a of PC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I never looked back since then. Really? So, did, yeah. had you never thought about possibly having musical talent prior to that? Nah, I like music though. I was a fan of like the Hot Boys and shit. You mm-hmm. know, that's my era. Born in '91, grew up '98, '99, Guerrilla Warfare, and all that. That's interesting though. Like when you're listening to Hot Boys, did it kind of occur to you that this is sort of out of the ordinary for you to be such a huge fan of that? Because growing up in LA, it's almost like expected that like LA kids are supposed to be mega fans of LA style music, right? I mean, that's what they say, but man, I was a hot boy fan for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, I interview people all the time from LA who are like, yeah, I grew up obsessed with Kodak Black or Gucci Mane or right, whatever right. the fuck it is. A lot of times it's yeah. down south shit, realistically. Facts. Um, okay. So you, you start recording then and like, how did you just, you just felt like you had a talent for it right away? Like the, what, what drew you to that? Uh, just the playback really. Um, after hearing, after hearing yourself on the record and being a fan of music, and then you realize you can do it, and I'm like, fuck it, let's get it. Right, definitely. You know Were you, um, like, what was your original content like? Like the kind of stuff that you were rapping about in the beginning when you look back at those days, what, what kind of stuff were you rapping about? Just rapping about the daily shit we were doing every day, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Still today, you know, just rapping from experience, because I feel like that's where the best music come from. Right. And that's always been a part of me to like rap from experience. You know what I'm saying? The shit I see every day. You know what I'm saying? The shit I'm doing. Niggas gonna put that on wax. Definitely. How did the Nip connection take place? I'm assuming that was through BH. Did he know him first? Nah, um, we all from the same hood. So like I said, it ain't like no introduction. Hmm. It's just, just kind of like naturally happened. Heard about me, I heard about him. We see each other, talk. Mind you, he, old, he a few years older than me. You know what right. I'm saying? So he was already doing music, I was hustling. I was probably about 13, 14 hustling. We already knew each other, but we ain't never really kicked it because he was older. Right. You know what I'm saying? But uh, shit, later on, throughout the uh, years, he started hearing more about me, about what I'm doing in the streets and shit. You know what I'm saying? He started tapping in with a nigga, and we started taking it from there. So it really wasn't like no introduction. It was just like on some, you fuck with solid niggas. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you hear some busting shit about a nigga, you ain't gonna fuck with him. Right. But if you hear like, all right, your cuz, one of the ones. Yeah, and you go tap in and you go fuck with him. And I assume that for somebody like you, looking at what he was doing with his career and being somebody who was really from the same place as you and able to, you know, like, because he was doing both. He was like a big celebrity that like everybody yeah. knew about, but then he was also hustling in a way yeah. where it wasn't like he just came into a record label and just signed his life away and said, here, just make me a career. You know, right, like right. he was really 
hustling. Yeah. You saw it through the marketing, through the different All things that. that he was doing, that he really wanted to be involved with the business angle of everything he was right. doing. Exactly. He started out the trunk. I used to see him in that Toyota. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Grinding out the trunks, uh, CDs, Slauson Boy Volume 1, and every liquor store in the hood. You know what I'm saying? So he was out there hustling for real. Right. So did that kind of help you gain an understanding of exactly what you needed to be doing to take your music to the next level? Man, go hard. Don't quit. Just keep it up. Right. And that's that, under every aspect what you're doing in life. If you really want it, you got to keep going. Fuck the, you know, fuck the bumps in the road. Right. Keep pushing. Definitely, because you're on what, like 17 mixtapes by yeah, now or some damn shit? Yeah, near like that. I done lost count, bro. I put out a gang of projects. Right. Is that yeah. how you first like wanted people to to hear your music? Because a lot of people nowadays, they come out and they just do the music video thing and they right, right. just sort of focus on like, oh, if I can put out a, a fire visual and get a, a million views on just this visual, then it don't really matter if I have a whole project or nothing like that. Man, as long as I can get the music out, that'll bring you longevity. Mm. You know what I'm saying the more you work, you just want to be in it for the long run. Some people just want to hit, get a check, and bounce. Right. Nah, we need this shit to live forever. Like 20 years from now, you need to be playing Pac-Man and Gunman. Mm. 30 years, even when I'm gone, still play my shit. How did you yeah. feel? Like, how did your buzz start to come about? And like, when did people actually start noticing that you had talent? Um, my hardest verse, I believe, when I first started on a song called "Stu" with Newport and Conrad. Okay. I think that was my hardest verse because for, for a long time I was the underdog, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that verse, that's when they started looking at that art. A lot of people thought I was just going to play with it and just fuck around, you know what I'm saying? But um, when I started switching it up, because I used to read the comments on YouTube and shit, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, your shit sound the same, you ain't switching up the flow. No, it is. So I took that in consideration and started, you know, exploring, you know, the cadences and shit. That's interesting because a lot of people will just read the comments and think that they're haters. Or some people might read the comments and just be like, man, fuck it, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> but you listened to it and actually took some of the advice? Yeah, them niggas be insecure. The niggas who look at it like that. You right. I'm, I'm cool with uh, criticism, good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's go better than me. Here's the way it go. Yeah, because if you read a comment that's just like, oh, you're a piece of shit, it's like, well, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not going to learn nothing from that. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if some, because sometimes the comments that are real, like, you know, you read 100 comments and one of them, well, just really just boom, dagger yeah. in your fucking heart. Like, I damn, <laughs> this dude knows what I'm doing wrong. Like, I got to actually listen to this random ass comment. Yeah, for sure. Mm. That's it. It used to get me mad. But, you know, I forget about it the next day. Like, fuck it, cuz. But I just like, take all the criticism and, you know, doctor it up. Mm. Definitely. So, okay, when, when did you and Nip have a conversation about All Money In or, or your involvement or you guys working together? When did that conversation start? Man, see, he just seen me working when I and um, I pull up on him before I drop a project. Like, check this shit out. What you think about this? Well, here, listen, give me ear, give me some feedback. And um, one day, like, man, put the logo on the front. Like, put the All Money In logo on the front of the cover. Whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much that was that was the moment right there. It wasn't know? even a conversation, really. It, it wasn't was... really even no conversation. It just kind of like put the logo on the front. Whoa. And then that's how we did it. Damn, that's just simple like that, huh? Yeah. That's good though when things can work out and it doesn't need to be a like, you know, a real business type situation right. if it just seemed obvious to you. Yeah, for sure. Was like J Stone and BH were they already like formally a part of the, yeah, the movement at that time too? They, they was already a part of that shit for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So in terms of the actual music making process, did Nip influence that side of things for you too? Like was he somebody who, you know, when you guys were working together was giving you advice or like teaching you how to actually put music together? 
Yeah, Hustle, you know, he was a perfectionist. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're recording around Hustle and you're doing stuff for him, or even something for yourself, he's going to make you do it over a million times before you, and, until you get it right. Really? If it ain't right, it ain't, it ain't going to fly with Hustle. That's interesting because that shows like a real level of uh, camaraderie. Yeah. Because if if it's someone that you like halfway know, and he starts telling you how to record your verse or whatever, there's a pretty right. good chance you can tell him to fuck off, right? But yeah. you were receptive to that energy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't tell me nothing wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I hear how his shit turned out. So it was dope. No, yeah, that's a fact. Because a lot of times, like. You know, I, I hear rappers and I'll be in the studio, I hear somebody do a verse and I'll be thinking like, man, if I was this guy's manager, if I was the producer or whatever, I might tell him that that verse could sound a little, you know, like yeah. a lot of times there's value in just like making yeah. shit perfect. And when you're in, yeah. the you're in the moment and you're just in a cloud of like creativity, you're not necessarily hearing if something is a little off beat or yeah. if something was pronounced a little odd. Straight up. Yeah, I hear that. Um, Okay, so you guys all just basically start, uh, well, the All Money In thing, like, basically, was it ever planned out that you guys were going to do some some extra shit, like, do, like, a fucking group album? Was that ever discussed? Was that ever in the works? Yeah, we had um, already started a project, a compilation, All Money In compilation, and we was cooking probably for, like, a couple months already, uh, before the tragic. We was in there probably, I think, five days a week, really? like, 12 hours a day. And if it take, like, we'd get, like, from we get the day session and then hustle will take the night you know what mm. I'm saying so we split a 12 but hustle will be there all through the day while we working too okay yeah so yeah we was working on all money and comp did, did he have a big effect on your you know your work ethic as well because it feels like you know there's certain people like who really will be in the studio working on music 12 hours a day but yeah. it, it's like sometimes i feel like an artist needs to see another successful artist living like that to realize like oh I need to give up that big of a percentage of my day to, right, if right. I really want to do this shit. Yeah, most definitely, man. If you want it, he always told me don't play with it. If you ain't going to do it all the way, don't even bother wasting your time with it. No, that's real. Um, so once you start getting these opportunities and stuff, though, how did that change? Uh, like, were you were still living in the hood, or were you, were you, did you want to get out of there at some point? How did that change uh, yeah, how you wanted yeah, to be um, living? I was still living in the hood and shit, um, but I ended up leaving, you know. Going somewhere most more peaceful, you know what I'm saying? You get tired of getting harassed every day by the police and shit like that, cause niggas popping up at your door when you don't feel like being bothered and shit like that. Right. But so the best thing to do is to grow, you know what I'm saying? He, he don't want to stay in a bubble. Right. Go get some peace. So the, the cops were more of an issue than, you know, just you being fame. Well, I guess it's all fame related or whatever, even, but. Yeah, even before that shit, man, they, they were just harassing me cause they knew me throughout the hood. Right. I was, you know what I'm saying? They, they knew who I was and shit, so they want to really. They, they harassing nigga every, every chance they get. Cops are some of the biggest rap fans in the yeah. game, right? Yeah, they act like it. <laughs> they love rappers more than anybody. I constantly be having conversations with rappers about like, man, like they were playing my fucking music when I was in bookings. Yeah, and... they be doing that type of shit. Mm. I remember uh, I went to jail for some shit one time. Uh, I was in the holding tank and the, and the undercover was booking like a smoker or something. And he seen who I was, could get to talking. He was like, hey, you fuck with uh." I be, what's cuz say? You say some shit like you fuck with Glasses Malone? I'll be playing this music, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I fuck with cuz shit. Right. Then cuz, that was it. That's a weird part. Like, you think about, like, you know, back in the 70s or some shit, the 80s, like, you got these old ass white police officers, but now the police force is a lot more multicultural and hip hop has just been so huge for so long that, of course, these people are fans of rap yeah. music, you know? It's yeah, like. Yeah, they humans. Niggas ain't robots. Mm. 
Yeah, it's weird, right? So, so in terms of uh, dealing with cops in your area and stuff, though, would you still say that the situation is really fucked up, just as bad as when you were a kid, or you feel like it's gotten better in some ways? Hell, no, it's still fucked up. As long as they got the authority, they go keep doing what they want to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I just stay away from them. Yeah, I feel it. Do you feel like your mental state is a lot better now that you uh, don't live in the middle of everything? Yeah, most definitely. I, I can sleep peaceful now, you know what I'm saying? And, and I ain't on the same bullshit I used to be on to be paranoid like that. You know right. what I'm saying? So yeah, everything changed. Everything did a 360, bro, for real, for real. That's amazing. Do you ever feel like your neighbors look at you like wondering who the hell this guy is? You make friends with the neighbors? Man, I just moved because my neighbors is weird, bro. Really? God, them niggas would be knocking at the door, dropping off Patron bottles and all type of shit, cuz. And just knocking on the door, want to talk to a nigga, see me. Walking to my apartment, they want to stop and take a picture. Like, come on, cuz, it's 2 in the morning. Really? On 60s, no cap. What weird-ass neighbors you're describing right here. That's crazy. Yeah, weirdos, fool. It's like, yo, I just want to be left alone. Like, I yeah, want to be yeah, left yeah, alone as home. much as possible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yo, that's crazy, because people really be thinking that you want to be, like, fucking famous in your place of residence. It's nah. like, no, this is the place yeah, where yeah. I want to be a regular-ass <laughs> dude, and I don't for want sure. you to say shit to me. Yeah, straight up. That's hilarious. Hell yeah. You, in your music, I feel like you talk about uh, betrayal and, and being, uh, betray, you know, being betrayed by like former friends of yours a lot. Is that something you've had to deal with a lot over the years? Man, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I think everybody deal with that type of shit, and that's why I speak on it so much. Cause me personally, I have. You know what I'm saying? You know, the niggas be fake. Your peers be fake. Your homies be fake, and it be all fake love. And I can see right through it. It took some years for me to understand it, but I'm like, oh, all right. It used to get me mad, but now I just wish the best for niggas, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Are you kind of, are you more often referring to like snitch type situations or are you just talking about people who just want to be around you for the money or the or the opportunity? It don't even be that. It just be like on some fake happy shit because they want to be in the position that I'm in, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you know, niggas, they don't even be doing music, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't understand you niggas. <laughs> you got the same 24 hours, cuz, go get it. It's easy to forget how little so many people have that for them to just like be around somebody who's doing something as a lot of times to them that's like the best come up that they have available to them at that time exactly yeah it's just kind of sad so you know at this point your circle is it just very very important for you to keep your circle small and try to only be allowing people into your bubble that are actually trustworthy yeah most definitely man you know i'm, I'm real careful with that who i let around my energy I don't want my energy being contaminated mm. with, with some negative energy. You know what I'm saying? That's not the type of time I'm on right now. Definitely. Um, when you were mentioning before that you've uh, dealt with some some arrests and doing some time and stuff, you ever do any like serious bids? No, I ain't or how? no time. It was just, uh, they arrest me for some bullshit, trying to make it stick. I bail out, fight it on the streets. Okay. And, and beat it. Okay. DA rejects and shit like that because it'd be bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't, I ain't did no time. That's good. Um, I also heard you say that you had a mental breakdown a couple of years ago in the song. Yeah, well, Hustle Pass. Oh, okay. That's yeah. when it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? They killed my nigga for sure. What? Yeah, like what What did it do to you mentally? Like, like what was the stuff that was repeating in your head during that time period that made you feel like you were going through I just shut down, it? really. I ain't want to. I just converted back to the album because at the time I'm trying to make a transition. Mm. Like, oh, all right, we doing this project. We about to. I'm million percent focused on music. Mm. But when that shit happened, I'm, I'm back riding with guns every day at the time. 
nobody I could trust. I ain't got nobody to pull up on, shit like that. So I was like, you know, I just shut down. I ain't want to fuck with nobody. Mm. Yeah, when I seen like the Puma campaign and all of his artists and his girl being brought together and stuff, though, I thought that that was really powerful. Has has that unit like stayed very strong during that time period? Has that yeah. brought you, brought y'all together to some extent? Definitely, we, we we stayed together. Matter of fact, we was all still in communication, been in communication. You know what I'm saying? Everything just don't be in the public eye. Should be private. Mm. Text, talk. You know what I'm saying like that yeah because i mean that must be a crazy thing for you to witness just knowing that y'all were like really friends and then to see i mean there's got to be a lot of people who were posting him up and talking about him like he was their best friend and you're sitting there just knowing like y'all like didn't give a shit about this person until Man, this happened right i don't understand them niggas they still fuck with niggas who feel a certain way about my nigga right so how y'all still following niggas that talk bad about my nigga I'm saying, nigga, mm. all you niggas is clowns. Everybody that follow a clown, I'm saying I don't fuck with them. Right, I can't. Yeah, because there ha there was a lot of like you know conversation that happened around his name. I don't want to like necessarily go into names by anybody, but you you don't sound like you were very pleased with his you know legend status being questioned and whatnot uh, in his passing. Man, you know. He, he, nigga don't want to get too deep in it, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, a clown gonna be a clown, bro. What's the best for them niggas? Cause, mm. cause you know, don't don't nothing go unanswered though. Right. Just, everything come come to a head. I don't give a fuck if it's next week, next year, or ten years from now. This shit go come to a head. Are you? Is it hard for you to remain level-headed when you have people saying things that you don't appreciate about your guy? I mean, just stay off the internet. Mm. Uh, that, that's the that's how I deal with it. Stay off the internet, cause the internet full of clowns. Instagram is full of bozos, fake niggas, clowns, and all that shit. And I don't want no parts. Right. And, and that's how that's where I protect my energy. You know what I'm saying I get on the gram and post up, and then leave. I ain't finna go read comments, look at people's pages, and hear what niggas talking about. Is it kind of hard for you to draw that balance though? Because on one hand, like you, you got to be on social media if you want to, yeah. you know, promote your music and be about your career and stuff. But like. You get on social media, I can almost guarantee you going through your DMs or your comments, you're going to see something that you think is disrespectful, you don't yeah, appreciate. Yeah. Man, yeah, as a human, cuz, nigga want to react, but, you know, just think about it. what would Hustle do, cuz? He, he ain't tolerating no clown shit. Mm, definitely. How do, how do you feel about the state of, you know, L.A. hip-hop right now? A couple years removed from nip passing and whatnot you know like it feels like that was a huge blow to the city in some ways maybe it might have encouraged some people to go harder with their music and stuff but like like what do you think of the overall la right now Man, la um i think la doing their part you know everybody grinding working you know putting their best foot forth and, and for the ones who ain't i hope they get up on it soon mm. you know what i'm saying but i think la working i think it's cool right yeah, so do you ever feel like you're sort of at risk of, of getting kind of out of touch with what's going on in L.A. and the streets and whatnot, being that you're set back a little bit and then you've sort of chosen to, like, remove yourself from a lot of what's going on in a way? Um, nah, I mean, I did my part for the streets. Mm. I did everything I had to do in my prime. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, it's about taking care of your kids. You know what I'm saying? Getting your family out the way. Mm-hmm. Make it so you survive. I'm saying nigga did enough for the hood. Definitely. How many kids you got now? One. One. How's that yeah. going? How old? He finna be two in April. 
Wow. Yeah, he bad. He bad as shit. <laughs> He's bad as shit. Yeah, he bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I got mine uh, popping out any day now, so I'm kind of. Yeah, congrats on that. Too. Appreciate you excited it. for it? Your Super first one? excited, yeah, first one. That's big. Everybody I know did it like a decade or two before me, yeah, but fuck yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Late is better than never. You ain't even late. You right on time, really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, 36. Yeah, that's cool. Should be going off to college. I'll be like a nice, cool 50. Yeah, yeah, Why not? yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. Yeah. No, older than 50. I'm being too nice to myself right there. Um, okay, but like, so how do you, you know, being sort of like being in this game for so long and stuff, being like, how do you view the streets and like the gang banging world that you sort of grew up looking at in awe like does it still do you still look at it with the same respect and the same appreciation that you had when you were younger or is there a part of you that sees the negative side of some of those things as well man i like the gang bang world when i went from the hood when i was younger mm -hmm. it was like the rules was getting followed around that time excuse me mm. they threw the rule book away for like today's generation really Bozo shit going on. I like when it was like niggas was scared to gang bang. Right. When niggas didn't want to walk around the corner. When niggas didn't want to come outside. Mm. It was a time when you had an issue. I was with the whoop here, and mom's answering the door. That shit out, because this shit right here. The internet ruined it? Ruined it. The internet now, ruined a lot of things. This shit. <laughs> you, you see it. This shit. That's way more common than real <laughs> yeah, life beefing. For yeah. sure. For sure, that shit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, this shit watered down though, but you know. Definitely. Could you ever see yourself like uh finding your own artists and like working with younger artists? Is that something you put any effort into? Yeah, most definitely, man. For real, for real. Um I plan on building new artists, you know, up and coming artists and uh shit like that. Like right now I'm building the studio just so you know, just in case, you know, I do take that role and get artists that have like a compound to work at and shit. Mm. Yeah. That's what's up. Do you, um, in terms of the music and stuff, though, you still feel that like same motivation to just consistently get better and just make new shit? Yeah, most definitely, man. Just keep it coming. I respect it for sure. Um, what are you working on now? The I've been listening to the new project. What's it called? It's got a Spanish name. Uh, Esta loca vida mía. Right. Where that Where that theme come from? Man, it's uh, years back, Hustle had a song called Esta loca vida mía, but he never put it out. Oh, really? And I always thought it was a dope concept and a dope song. He never released it. He got the gang shit. He never released. Right. And um, I always liked that name, that title. So I'm like, yeah, let me just go on and run with that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, okay, so what else are you working on? What else could we be expecting coming in the future? Man, I'm working on this project with uh, with Young T.O. We're oh, in yeah. the process. We're probably like 50, 60% done with that. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, the studio cooking right now, matter of fact. Oh, really? So you're not there. sending shit back and forth? You're, you're really nah, in the studio? we're we working together. We're right. pulling up. He up there right now, right down the street. So Fire. When I leave here, I'm going back up there. Yeah, we're going to release that project, though, probably like in the next 30 to 60 days. Right. Yeah, after the uh, we finish promoing on this one. On my new project. That's what's up. Hell yeah. Um, anything else that we should know? Anything else we should look for? What's What's your message to the people out there? Man, shit, just keep grinding, stay sucker free. You know what I'm saying, don't let nobody contaminate your energy. You know what I'm saying, do you be the best version of you and keep the shit going. That's real. Straight up. I probably should have told you at the beginning of this, but when I went to Seven Eleven earlier to grab coffee, I seen like a 50 year old Mexican dude in a Pac Man shirt, and I was like, That's a sign. Hey. 
What's the song? I've been buying them Pac-Man scratches because I keep losing, though. $5 a shot because I ain't won yet, man. For real shit. (laughs) I'm kind of like getting into my like lucky state of mind now, though, because when I saw that dude's shirt, I was like, oh, that means this interview is going to go good. And then you just said that, and I was like, damn, I got to go buy some scratch tickets. He said Uh, it. No, don't buy that shit, (laughs) cuz. That's the saddest shit that I ever seen Uh, when I used to live in Brooklyn. I would see dudes get, you know, their check. And just buy, you know, fucking fifty scratch tickets. I never understood them type of people. Such a weird thing to be addicted to, man. Yeah, that's weird, fool. You You might spend a hundred and win fifteen back. (laughs) Oh my god. For real, man. Just get a four loco or some shit if you need to be addicted to something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, Pac Man, y'all appreciate your time, man. Man, Thank you for coming through. Love, bro. For sure. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate you, man. Love, bro.